Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop Episode 37 The Old Friend There's a lot of mysteries in the shop. A lot of unanswered questions about the antiques themselves, as well as the creatures and people who frequent the aisles. Madame Norna, Kronos, even Reed. But I think the biggest question mark has to be Finn. It's strange when you become pals with someone. You get to know them, their likes, dislikes, sense of humour, tolerances, Levelly competitiveness with a cat. But what do you really know about them? Where were they born and grew up? Their education? Their life up until the point they came into your story? I didn't know much about Finn's life before I met him. Part of his relationship with my boss. There's been mention of heiresses, they coming across some of the antiques before. But details are few. I didn't even know how old Finn is, only how old he looks. When I found that jewellery box the other day, Finn had come in the shop. I noticed his agitation, his unusual reluctance at the time, but I'd been too preoccupied to ask. I feel bad about that now. I should have made time, should have pulled my head out my arse. I'll no make the same mistake in future. By the time I'd got back down to the shop, he was gone. He came in a day or two later, and the shop was back to being full. I was trying to concentrate on some course reading, whilst one eye kept drifting over to the strange, unnamed game Reed and Kronos were playing. The bell rang, we all took the obligatory look to check for a customer, and then sighed in bored disappointment when we realised it was Finn. Instead of coming over to the counter, or going upstairs to see the madam, he beckoned me over to one of the aisles of the shop. This was unusual, but didn't raise my suspicions. I put my book down and went to join him. He was acting in a similarly nervous manner, shifting his weight from one foot to the other, checking to see if I'd come alone or Kronos had snuck over the antiques to listen. I hadn't taken notice before, but the more I saw, the more anxious I became. Finn was always calm and level-headed. He always knew what to do. When a person like that begins to act shifty, it's never a good sign. He began to tell me that a pally has had died recently and he wanted to go to the funeral and pay his respects. The pal was an old one, so it was important he attended. He glanced at me, gauging my reaction, even though there'd been nothing to react to. He asked if I'd go with him. I chuckled wanting to belly laugh, 
but the anxious atmosphere that had descended prevented me. Did he want me to protect him? I joked, expecting the tension set in his face to lighten. Yes, he told me. The silence was filled with my attempts to form a sentence, a question, even make another joke. Before I could manage, Reed's voice cut through, informing us that he was coming as well. I didn't know when he'd left the game with Kronos, but I could feel him behind me, determination lining his usual frown. Finn, to my surprise, didn't object. And I never got to ask him why he needed an escort to attend a pal's funeral, or what he thought he needed protection from. Our trio cut a sombre figure in the shop, dressed in our deepest black clothes. Reed had even managed to find a suit I was certain was only used for special occasions. Finn was the last to arrive, accidentally or purposefully looking as dapper as an actor for the thirties. He led the way in silence, whilst Reed and I kept exchanging glances at each other Encouraging the other to ask questions first. Neither of us worked up the courage on our journey to the church. I expected to get there, condole with the other guests, make our way into the church and listen for an hour about how much a saint the deceased was. As we reached the gates, a procession was making its way out, pallbearers walking in sync, a heavy burden resting on their shoulders. Finn's step slowed as he saw the crowd, a streamy black following behind a lacquered box. I noticed Reed look away, as if he thought death was contagious. If he was uncomfortable with funerals, I wondered at him wanting to come along. We watched the procession make its way through the graveyard to a distant six-foot-deep, freshly dug grave. We kept our distance at the back. It was like Finn didn't want to be noticed, wasn't even sure he should he come. We every step past a grave, Reed's eyes didn't know where to look, and by the time we'd finished our short journey, he was practically perched on my arm. It's unusual for me to be the sane one. We watch for a distance as the minister finishes his sermon and the coffin is eased into its resting place, handfuls of dirt thrown solemnly onto the lid along with roses and tulips. The mourners begin to disperse, ready for a strong drink at the wake, condoling with the family as they appear reluctant to leave the graveside. Finn tries to fold into himself, make his body smaller, his presence disappear. But it was too late. Someone for the crowd had already spotted him. It's a middle-aged woman with grey streaks in her hair and a softness to her eyes. She leaves the other mourners and makes her way over to us. I think she must be a pal or acquaintance of Finn's as he straightens up beside me. There's a sudden, almost unnoticeable change to her features. 
There was a spark in her eye. And before anyone knew what was happening, her right fist whipped out and struck my familiar hard across the face. Finn stumbles back a few steps, blood already dripping between his fingers for his nose. Reed reaches an arm out to steady him. Fuck, I was supposed to protect him? Whoops. To remedy any blame, I stepped in front of Finn as he attempted to stop the bleeding, blocking any more punches for this woman. She gives me such a look, I think I'm going to be the next victim of her temper. Instead, she tries to peer around me, but it's no to admire her handiwork. She starts calling Finn all kinds of names, and none of them are tame. I haven't heard language like that since my granny found out my papa got scammed. Ma being in the way didn't stem the verbal tide. I didn't know what to say, and Finn took the abuse without a word. The woman took one last parting shot at Finn by telling Reed and I that we should stay away from Finn, as we were the only ones who'd end up paying the price of his friendship. That's always nice to hear about a person you're contracted to be pals with. The spectacle had drawn the attention of some of the other mourners, and no one in a repeat performance, Reed and I steered Finn out of the churchyard and down the road, dried blood beginning to flake off his face. Only that excitement made me hungry, so we went to the nearest McDonald's. Whilst Reed and I were bickering over what to order, Finn went and cleaned himself up in the bathroom. We all congregated outside in the car park. We picked a quiet corner and spread out our feast. But Finn stared at it as though it had told him he was going to die tomorrow. Almost at the same time, Reed and I, in our usual tone-deaf way, asked why he'd been punched. Perched on the curb at the very edges of the car park, Hearing the traffic go by and drive through windy open and close, gorging ourselves on handfuls of fries, Finn began to tell his tale. One of them, at least. He hadn't always been the reliable, level-headed wyvern he was today. Living a long life, longer than humans, twisted priorities and behaviours. Made the world different shifted perspectives and motivations. Death was a large motivator for humans. But what if that wasn't really a factor? Debauchery, apparently. About 200 years ago, freshly single for his relationship with Madame Norna, Finn did the rounds of the back alleys and dens of iniquity in Europe, gathering followers, fans and sworn enemies alike. Gang, cult, something less sinister, call it what you like. Finn was at its centre, the fearless leader that set the tone and made the decisions. His minions followed suit, and wherever they went, chaos and destruction was never far behind. They broke more than their fair share, the objects, homes, to people and lives. 
My familiar wouldn't look at me or read. He stared at the untouched pocket of fries we'd handed him that must be offensively cold by this point. It was like we weren't there. He didn't have an audience, didn't have people to hear his sins and bear judgement. Reed and I remained silent, our burgers growing stale. One victim became one too many when they turned out to have thorns. I didn't think I can name a better example of the term a woman scorned. Men, women, they all became the same to Finn. People to use, seduce and discard as he saw fit when they got boring, which inevitably they always did. He used to play games, ones he made the rules to, and didn't tell them he was playing. This woman, a famed beauty amongst the Salons de Paris, was his final victim. Finn never gloated, never said it was easy or a challenge, never went into detail. But he wooed and seduced her, let her love him, let her assume they were engaged, and then moved on to someone else, someone new. To his surprise, and centuries-old regret, this woman was near the type to let go, and she had just the power to ensure she never had to. Finn had a type then. How was Finn still standing here talking to us if this woman had done her worst? There's the catch. During their romance, Finn had never given her his real name. Instead, he'd used one of his pals. He used to do this a lot, he confessed. It was in case any of his conquests wanted to try and catch up with him, they'd end up tracking down the wrong person. To curse a specific person, you needed their name. This woman had a name, just know the right one. She let loose a vicious curse on Finn's blameless pal, and he briefly surmised she must have had a helping hand after everyone's favourite auntie madam. The curse itself was relatively simple. The cursed would age, but never die. No one till their suffering was the same as hers. I mean, it doesn't sound great, but it didn't sound that terrible either. Fuck was I wrong. The curse almost immediately aged Finn's pal, stripping him of whatever youth and vivacity he possessed, making him a bent-backed, shaky old man. That was only the start of his troubles. Just like a human old person, he began to get every disease in the book, but he'd never die for them. Normal people, humans, are old for a few decades and eventually pass away. This poor sod had been old for two centuries and had suffered through everything that age and infirmity brought with it. When Finn found out about this curse, he wanted to go and beg her to reverse it, beg to be cursed in his pal's place. But he never did. He was too afraid after seeing what it had done to his pal. He'd moved on, 
for the curse, for his pal and for that debauched life, vowing he'd never repeat those mistakes. Eventually, mercifully, the curse had loosened its grip and allowed its victim to pass away, after centuries of suffering. Fuck's sake, people can be so vicious. I finally understand why Finn can't look at us. Why he probably couldn't look at himself in the mirror this morning. At least as humans we didn't have long to live with our regrets. But what happens if time is no longer finite? If you have even longer to make those mistakes and live with them? I didn't know what to say. Reed did. As he was picking up the empty packets, he stood up and threw that he always knew Finn was a piece of shite and walked away. I wasn't sure he was coming back. It wasn't my place to forgive Finn. It wasn't my place to absolve him. Did it change my opinion? Yes. Was my familiar one bad breakup away from relapsing back into those destructive behaviours? I couldn't tell. How do you come to terms knowing that someone you care about has done one or many awful things? Did it change who Finn was new? Did it change our friendship? Should it? There's no such thing as good or bad people, only good or bad deeds. People didn't fit into neat polar opposite categories where judgement and punishment are easy. Finn is neither good nor bad. He's just Finn. But he tries. He's trying to be better, to be reliable, level-headed, supportive. He's still my pal. Whether or no he's been held accountable for his actions isn't for me to decide, or even know. I can only affect what happens now, what happens in the future. But you can bet if he does something similar again, I'll be teaming up with Madame Minora to make sure he doesn't get away scot-free twice. I could see Reed loitering around the bin, giving me heated glances, wanting to leave to make his point, but reluctant to leave me behind. What a fucking roaster. I let out an exasperated sigh and got up, using Finn's shoulder as support. I let my hand linger, squeezing ever so slightly. I turned to go, but his voice called me back. He was looking at me this time, eyes drowning with an eerie kind of concern. He asked me if I'd noticed anything strange about Madame Norna recently. I said no. He nodded in understanding, but I could tell he didn't agree. It was only when I was halfway over to Reed that I remembered what had happened the day I'd found the jewellery box. I'd taken it up to her and gained her the fright of her life. I'd thought it was strange at the time. Is that what Finn meant? Was there something else? If he, a all people, was asking, then there must be. 
Finn was always calm and level-headed. Level-headed? Oh, God. Is it level-headed? I know it's heed. I don't think it's level-headed, though. I think it's level-headed. Scottish for dummies! <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that would pay for that book. <laughs> I'm going with level-headed, and I apologise if it's not level-headed. I've never heard anybody say level-headed, though. So it's always level-headed, but it's your heed. He began to tell me that a pal of his had shit. No, he hadn't shit, he died, but I apparently can't read this script properly today. <laughs> if he was uncomfortable with funerals, I wondered at him coming... Oh wow, this is bad. <laughs> I can't even get through a sentence! He hadn't always been the reliable, level-headed, live... That's why you don't eat before you record things. <laughs> God, if it's not my stomach growling, it's things catching in my throat. Can you win? The curse almost immediately aged Finn's pal, stripping him out. When Finn found out, found out, found out. <laughs> it should be found out. That makes more sense. Thank you for listening to episode 37 of The Antique Shop. Episode 38 will be released in two weeks' time. If you'd like to support the show, please think about leaving a review and rating wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to go above and beyond for the podcast, then think about visiting our coffee account by searching for Ghostly Thistle on coffee.com and donating however much you can. If you'd like to get in touch about this podcast or my other podcast, then you can message me on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Ghostly Thistle or email me at ghostly.thistle at gmail.com. If you are interested in some of the behind the scenes and inspirations for the episodes in this podcast, then do join the subreddit by searching for the Antique Shop Pod on Reddit and join in the discussion. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.